Welcome to another episode of the Writing Expensive Words podcast. On this show, we take a relational approach to turning readers into fans by using expensive words based on our emotions to write compelling stories. This way, instead of finding customers who read, we find friends and fans who will go on any storytelling path with us as we walk down the winding roads that make up our author journeys. Get ready to learn more about writing the story of your heart right now on Writing Expensive Words. Hello, writer friends. Uh, Today, we are going to talk about what owning who you are doesn't mean. Uh, We're going to talk about how to balance who you are and your art with the rules that are meant to make your art better, not more limited. Uh, And the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because as an editor, I get uh, a lot of authors who are feeling anxious when I'm making suggesting changes to them that are not based on my preference, by the way, but they're based on industry-wide standards. And so today I was trying to think about why is that that they get mad at me? (laughs) Because, you know, I work really hard to be compassionate, to be kind, and I was like, you know what? Stop thinking like an editor. Go back. Think about what it was like for you as a writer when you first started working with people who basically tore your things to shreds. And I was like, yeah, you know, that felt pretty horrible. I'm not going to lie. And the reason why is because as members of our global society, we work so hard to kind of cultivate our own voice, to understand who we are, and to basically own who we are and to say, like, look, this is who I am. I've worked for 37 years, me specifically, to get to the point where I feel comfortable being able to speak out my own opinions, uh, which were hard won, by the way, into the world. I figured out my voice as a writer now, but back then I was testing out things. I was trying to figure out, like, how can I best relate to my reader, the person who's interacting with my art? And Even though I had worked through a lot of confidence issues, it kind of brought all those feelings back where I'm like sending this thing that I worked really hard on to another person and uh, it just seems like they're tearing it apart, which feels kind of like I myself am being torn apart. And I want to help you understand how to keep going in those situations and how to move forward so that you can grow as an artist. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And the first thing that I want to say uh, as we're going through this is that my stand goal was just achieved. By the way, that's what that noise was. I wasn't even standing when it was achieved. That's weird. Um, I want to say that the first thing that you need to realize When you're starting to feel uncomfortable because you're working with someone and they're pointing out things to you that you need to change is that the way that I write is not the same as who I am. And as artists, it's really easy to get caught up in that, right? Where you're like, I've worked so hard to cultivate this thing that I'm doing, that I'm making, whatever it is. It could be that you are writing, which is what we're talking about. could be that you're painting, you're taking photographs, whatever you do, it's really easy to tie your identity into that action, uh, into that production, so that when you realize that you need to make adjustments, it feels like a personal attack. So uh, the first thing that I always have to remind myself 
and that I try to remember about the way that my editing clients feel is that um, who I am, owning who I am is not the same thing as being completely concrete and saying, I will not change anything that I've written because everything that I've made is a specific kind of choice that represents who I am as a person and as an artist. Because if you have that standpoint and you're just starting out, you're in for some unnecessarily harsh pain. The thing is, when an editor is going through a manuscript and they're like, oh, this is head hopping or this is tense job, uh, jumping or um, here this is confusing because uh, we don't understand who's speaking. You need another dialogue tag here. Those are all things that were invented to help writers, not to hurt writers. And it's not to inhibit their artistry either. I feel like that's a really common response. Like, your rules are inhibiting my art. And I've seen lots of writers struggle with this. And as an editor, I I want to get defensive and be like, no, like, <laughs> I'm trying to help you. But I can understand how they would feel that way. Because when you're going through this process, honestly, at first, it feels yucky. It feels awful. It can be physically painful depending on your perspective. Because when you work hard on something that you've created that's art and you're cultivating your own voice and someone's like, hey, you need to change this, this, and this, and then you change it and you still don't like it, it's really easy to blame that person. But the truth is you might be uncomfortable with your work because it's not sounding the way that it should to you. And you are like, oh, well, this editor made me change all these things that weren't really wrong. And that's why it doesn't sound as good as I want it to, which is not. Listen, the editor is trying to help you connect with the reader better. That's the editor's entire job is to advocate for the reader and any good editor who's been through a certification program or any kind of formal education or training is going to tell you that that's their job to advocate for the reader. So they're acting as a mediary between you, the writer and the reader and saying, look, I'm going to help you understand each other better. And that's why as a writer, you should try to avoid these things and maybe do these things more. I noticed that you do that well. You can um, update the frequency of how often you do that thing that you're doing well. And here's how to make some adjustments so that you can communicate better with the reader. And that's the thing that I love about my job because... <laughs> I'm also a reader. I was a reader first. And if you're a writer, you were probably a reader first. And because you love that interaction, it made you want to write. So if, you know, editors often uh, feel the brunt of the blame when an emerging artist is learning how to marry their voice with a satisfying reader experience. It's a messy process, right? We have to learn what things are jarring to readers because you don't, it's not like you sit down to write and you think about everything you're writing from a reader perspective. You're thinking about it from a creator's perspective. You're not thinking about it from a consumer's perspective. And listen, consumer is not a dirty word. When someone is reading your story or interacting with it, that means that they're consuming it. So you have to think about them as a consumer, not that you're thinking about them as like, a dollar sign or something like that. But you have to realize that when you write something, 
it's meant to be read for the most part, right? There are authors who only write for themselves. That's an exception to this rule that I'm saying, where you have to think about the reader experience as you're going through. And uh, that is why authors will tell you like, oh, you need to add this or don't do this because it's confusing. And it can feel like they're attacking you personally. And that's why I feel like a lot of newer authors, myself included, I would get really defensive. I would be like, I am bummed out that you have said this about my writing. You are telling me that as an artist, I suck when that's not it. And, you know, I will tell you, I paid a lot of money to have one of my books published. The person who I was working with did make me feel worn down. I'll admit that. Um, But also they didn't tell me things that I should have heard that would have been hard to hear. And one of those experiences that I had not as an editor, but as a writer was that I had a fan write into me because in one of the, yeah, in Flummoxed, which is about to be unpublished because it needs to be, uh, I was hopping back and forth between the characters' perspectives without any warning to the reader, and it felt sudden and jarring. And right now I'm reading um, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn by Betty Smith, and I was, like, shocked that I had a similar experience to what this reader that I had had explained to me. I was reading, and it was in the protagonist's perspective, and then all of a sudden her father's perspective comes in out of nowhere And then it goes away almost as quickly as it came. And it was like upsetting information. So I was like, okay, was that jarring to me because of the information? But then I thought, no, like it took me out of the flow of the scene where I was interacting with these two characters and suddenly the perspective jumped, which means that the the way that the characters were interacting, the way that I was viewing that changed. And that is upsetting to a reader. And so I got this email from this wonderful person who took the time to write me and they were like, hey, I don't know if you meant to do this, but you did this a bunch and um, it was confusing and you might want to fix it. And later on, as a copy editor, uh, I learned that that's the wrong thing to do. You don't want to do that. Even if you're writing in third person omniscient. Uh, which I was in Flummoxed, right? You can't just hop into a different perspective without letting the reader know what's happening because not only does it kill the momentum of your scene, but it, it can be confusing because there's no point of reference for the reader to understand what has occurred and how they've been transported from one brain, one character's brain, into another character's brain. So that's just one example, right? Or like if I go through as an editor and I delete all the adverbs or exclamation points from my client's work, uh, they're going to be upset. They're going to feel personally offended, even though those adverbs and exclamation points are not adding anything and they actually can irritate the reader. That's why I'm doing it. It's not because I hate adverbs or exclamation points. I do think that we're taught to use adverbs improperly in school, which I did a whole episode about that called um, ways... uh, ways elementary grammar wrecked your writing and there's a whole episode about adverbs so please feel free to go listen to that um but it's really rough when you attach yourself you're like this is who I am if you don't like it too bad uh to a written work because first of all when you're writing you cannot make clarifications when you're having a conversation and there's a miscommunication you can clear it up like that 
because you're able to see the confusion on the other person's face. You're able to interpret their response and know, oh, this is not going how I want. No, I didn't mean that. So when you're writing, you don't have that experience at all. And that's where the editor comes in. The editor acts as they're a reader, and they're looking at your work, and they're saying, oh, this would be confusing to the reader. I'm going to point this out to the author as something that needs to be changed. And the author can take it one of two ways. And I know, because I've taken it both ways as an author, and I've gotten the... (laughs) I've gotten both responses as an editor. You can take it as the editor is really trying to help me. They're on my team. They're trying to improve reader experience and advocate for the reader, which is their job. Or this person says I'm a crappy artist and that the thing that I've done is not right according to their standards. And as editors, we don't have our own standards. Uh, When I'm working on someone else's piece... I'm not thinking about whether or not I like it. Do I edit books that I don't sometimes feel like are the best fit for me as a reader? Yes, that's part of my job, but I'm not thinking about my own preferences. I'm thinking about the reader, the one who would be like, yes, I want to read this story. I want to get up in this book. So uh, that's who I'm thinking about. It's not like I'm like, oh, this adverb is unnecessary because I say it's unnecessary, or you should capitalize this because I say I should capitalize this. Like, hold on, let me grab something for you. If you're watching, you saw what I just did. If you're listening, you didn't see, but I grabbed my Chicago Manual of Style, which is like this super huge book. And this book tells me and all the other editors who are editing manuscript type work There are different style guides for journalists and that sort of writing or like manual writing, right? Um, But this is the standard that editors follow. It's not our rule. This book, this system was invented to have a standard across all different sorts of uh, fiction and some nonfiction writing so that there is less confusion. That's the entire goal. That's why I have this on my shelf with all my color-coded tabs. That's why I look at this a ton when I'm editing because it's not up to me. It's up to this book, and this book will change again, and we'll get, we'll have to get updates. The 18th edition will come out, and all the editors will be, like, locked away in their offices for a few weeks as they're going through the changes. Um, But it's not about... That's the thing is, like, it's not about me as the editor. It's never about me. It's about the relationship between the author and the reader And if as an author, you're going through changes with an editor and you start to feel uncomfortable and like your story isn't sounding the way that you want it to sound, instead of saying to your editor, you made me make all these changes, which by the way, editors make suggestions. They don't make changes. That's why in Word, it's called suggesting when we add in the track changes You don't ever have to listen to anything an editor says. Their job is to help inform you, right? So if you're you're feeling upset as a writer because you're feeling like the editor is trying to stomp on your creativity, then you need to ask yourself, what is it that I don't like about my writing at this moment? Because if it has to do with uh, perspective, uh, POV, if it has to do with tense jumping, if it has to do with punctuation, right, which is a pretty standard thing that uh, editors are trained to know how to do in different situations, um, then it's probably not 
the changes that your editor has suggested that are making you feel uncomfortable. It could be something else. It could be the editing process. It could be something difficult that's going on inside of your personal life, right? I mean, authors do not exist in a vacuum, just like readers don't exist in a vacuum. And sometimes you'll see those reviews where the reviewer, the reader just rips the author because of one thing they mentioned that made them upset that has nothing to do with whether or not the book was good. And the same can be true where the author is just ripping the editor based on things that don't have to do with whether or not the editor is doing their job properly. So you have to think about where you are mentally if you're having a bad day, if you're disappointed with the progress that you've made in your project, if you have a timeline you set for yourself that hasn't turned out to be doable for whatever reason, instead of asking yourself how your editor has sabotaged your work, what you can do is have some self-reflection, take a deep breath, and think, okay, what is affecting this feeling that I have? Are they attacking me as a person? Are they attacking who I am and who I'm trying to own as who I am? Or are they trying to help me communicate better with the reader? And it's the, it's the, tr the same is true for any kind of art, right? Because if you tie yourself so fully into what you are, what you are into what you make or create, then you're going to have a hard time when someone comes in and says, hey, maybe if you did this, it would be a little bit better because you feel like they're telling you that you should be better. And so, you know, this is not just advice that I have uh, for writers and for other editors to keep in mind when they are working with clients who feel upset. Um, but in general, right? Like when you're like, I'm trying to own who I am. That's good. That's awesome even. But that doesn't mean that when someone is trying to help you or they're giving you um, constructive criticism that they're trying to rip apart who you are. That's not the same thing. And I hope that this episode has helped you deal with that. I hope that this episode has helped you deal with how to balance who you are in your art and the rules that are supposed to help you communicate better with the person who's consuming your art. And how it's not that people are trying to limit you by suggesting that you make these changes, but they're trying to help you be better connected to the person you're trying to, to, to connect with. And isn't that exciting that you could connect better with someone through your storytelling or through your art? That's all that I have for today. Uh, thank you for tuning in. It's always awesome to be with you, and uh, I hope that you are writing the story of your heart right now. And remember, your art is not you. This has been another episode of the Writing Expensive Words podcast with me, your host, Kristen Spencer. I'd love to hear your amazing writing thoughts and questions from your awesome writing brain. You can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer or at literary symmetry. Or you can email me at kns at literarysymmetry.com. This podcast is funded by awesome listeners like you. If you'd like to support this podcast and keep it rolling, you can head over to www.patreon.com forward slash expensive words. You can keep all of my hosting and software needs going for the show by donating less than what it costs for one fancy cup of tea a month. 
And to be eligible to join writing coaching calls with me, check out the $12 a month sponsorship. You will get to ask me questions live about the story of your heart once a month and meet other cool writers. Thanks again for listening and happy writing.